Well, it's a blessing to be here and to see you guys sitting over here. Um, what a glorious day. Amen. What a glorious day. Um, let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to address the body of Christ. Um, I just pray, Lord, that I would yield my flesh and that whatever comes out of my mouth was uh, ordained by you. We thank you, Lord, that we live in a country where we can invoke the name of Jesus out in the public uh, freely. And we pray, Lord, the preservation of that right that wasn't given by man, it was given by you. And we, we thank you, Lord. And we pray for our nation right now. And we pray for the world. We pray for our president. We thank you for our president. We ask, Lord, to give him strength and wisdom. Yes, Lord. That he would have good counsel. That uh, those who would want to uh, do harm to this country would be exposed and put out of their positions of authority. We thank you, Lord, for this day, for the body of Christ. And that you would bless your word this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're definitely out of our routine. Nobody even has their reserved chairs in the church right now. <laughs> you like this better? It's nice and cool out here for one thing. Praise God. It's good to be under the trees over here in Haile Miley for those who are just looking at me right now. It's a beautiful day on Maui and um, the trade winds are blowing and it's nice and cool and we're the body of Christ and we're assembled together and we're making a joyful noise in the neighborhood of Haile Miley. The sound of praise went out from here and we thank you Lord for the dominion that you have not only over Haile Miley upcountry but the islands of Hawaii and the United States and the world. It says that your glory would cover the earth like the waters. And we thank you, Lord, that we're part of that, that we're part of an eternal kingdom, that um, this temporal existence is passing away like a shadow. It says the things that are, um, that are unseen are eternal and the things that are seen are temporary. And we're thanking you, Lord, that we're part of an eternal kingdom. I thank you, Lord, for those who uh, chose to be here and assemble together. And for those who are watching at home, God bless you guys for your faithfulness during this time where we were separated and we were able to live stream and I thank you for your diligence in putting up with this uh, mode of communication. Um, it's been a challenge. We're not tech people so we had our challenges with that. But God bless. I thank you guys for hanging in there with us and the faithfulness of this church. You know, even though uh, this is like 10 weeks that we haven't met. Um, you know, it's just so good to see you guys face-to-face -face this morning and be reconnected with you guys. Um, for those of you who are um, watching what was going on, you know, the freedoms that we do have as Americans and actually citizens of God's kingdom, it says that in our Constitution, it says that the things that we have are inalienable. And that means that they were not given by man, therefore they cannot be taken away from man. But those things didn't come cheap. It didn't come just because somebody had an idea and uh, said, oh, I think this is a great idea. And I believe the people that formed our government and formed our constitution, they searched the scriptures. We went to Washington years ago and we heard about, you know, James Madison and uh, these uh, Thomas Jefferson and these great men who had a fear and reverence for God 
And there were not only that, they were great scholars. They had an understanding of history and they'd studied different forms of government and they crafted together this form of government that we have right now, which is called a representative republic. We're governed by the rule of law. And it's supposed to be that nobody is above the law, but everybody comes in and uh, adheres to the written law. And they said that they, they received that model from the Bible, that they received that, that model from the uh, books of Moses and the original lawgiver, which God who gave to Moses. And they crafted this form of government. And it's by no means a perfect government because it involves fallible man. But I believe that it has been the wonder of the world that we have, as the United States, enjoyed tremendous freedoms that other people in the world have never dreamed of. And I believe the evidence of that is the prosperity that the United States has for the past centuries, um, that we, as the recipients of these sacrifices that were made, that we live in such a prosperous country. And it grieves me to see that this country being under assault by foreign powers, that people and forces of evil that would want to squelch this light. And I, like I said, by no means is America a pure country or where our hands are pure and there's things that we've done just like any other person that we've sinned as a nation. We've allowed abortion. We've allowed violence. We've had unrighteous wars. But as a rule, I would say this country has been very instrumental in getting the gospel out throughout the world and having religious freedom and liberty in this country. And that stands the test of time. The fact that we're here this morning and we're able to proclaim this gospel is uh, in line with our First Amendment that the government will make no rules prohibiting the free exercise of our faith. And here we are. The thing is, there are certain things that that need to be taken. They're not assumed, and I think that we've lived in a country so long that we've assumed so many things. We've assumed that we're this and we have these rights as Americans, but there was people that were willing to die and bleed for the things that we just take for granted. You know, there's, uh, there's wars that were fought to preserve the liberties that we take or it's just like, we're Americans, this is what we get. And there's people in the world, there's people around the world who would, who would uh, they're, they're not building walls um, to keep people within the country, they're building walls to keep people out of this country because people around the world would like to come to the United States because of the freedoms and the prosperity that we share. And I believe that the fount of that is the Bible. Amen. It's the fount, is the fear of God and the honor of God. And over the years, when we were kids, you know, Mika was saying, you know, we'd have to go back to our fifth grade under, you know, mindset for these songs that we sang this morning. Because I don't even think that they teach these songs in school anymore. These uh, God Bless America, they've absolutely uh, exited God's name from being invoked in public schools. And that's a shameful thing. And the thing is, we... As young people, younger people, when we went to school, remember every day we would pledge, uh, do the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. Amen. And we say one nation, and, and it didn't always say one nation under God, even when it was new, when the Pledge of Allegiance was first proposed, it didn't say one nation under God. The reason why they added it in later on was because of the threat for communism, because communism is a godless belief system. And so they, during the 50s, they inserted one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all that was added in later 
And like I said, our freedoms are God-given. They're given from a creator. And we need to return to that as a country. We need to return to that as a nation. We need to return to that as individuals that we recognize that any liberties, any freedom, any prosperity that we have comes from God. We are so blessed. You know, and even what the in the communion, what Pastor Tasha was talking about, that there was a people on the earth that God chose to be his one chosen people and he brought them and he called them and he said that they were going to go down to Egypt and they would be in that land for 400 and some odd years and then they would be enslaved over there they started off as being blessed because of what Joseph did to preserve the Egyptian people but then another Pharaoh rose up who didn't remember Joseph and this bondage came on and all of a sudden they tried to they started attacking their kids and we see that they killed their children. It says, tell the the, um, the people who birthed the children, what do they call those uh, handmaids, that when there's a male, it says to kill that child. And the Egyptian women, they feared God, and they said, we're not going to do that because we fear God. And they, the Pharaoh came out and says, how come these, these boys are still being born? They said, well, the Jewish women are more lively than the Egyptian women. By the time we get over there, the, the sons are already born, so we didn't have a chance to kill them. And it says that God blessed them for doing that. For having a fear of God over fear of the Pharaoh. There's times when government is not righteous. There's times when government give law that's not righteous. And we have to have that inner gut check within ourselves to say, this is unrighteous. And we need to stand against that. We are all moral agents. We will all stand before God. I love that video that, we, that I referred to at the Bible study. What happened in Sacramento, and even Aaron this morning says, wow, California is starting to wake up. They're having some big protests over there where people are saying, we are Americans. This is our liberties. These are the things that people died and bled for. These are our birthright as Americans. And there was a gathering of people in the uh, Capitol building in Sacramento, and there was police all in riot gear. They looked like Nazis with helmets and truncheons and shields. And they're standing in front of these people that were peacefully protesting. And just before that, a pastor had been thrown to the ground and beaten down for exercising his First Amendment, for assembling and, and uh, petitioning the government. And these, these police, who I don't know where, where they're coming off with these kind of orders to follow these unjust orders, but this former Marine stood up and he grabbed the bullhorn and he says, this is unrighteous what you're doing. How are you going to feel when you go home and you got to look at your kids in your face and say, this is what dad did today. That he trampled the rights of Americans, that this, this a reasonable a group of people who gathered together to protest these unrighteous laws, these things that are, these are not, these are not constitutional laws that you're doing. And you have the right to say, you know what, we're not going to uphold that. We're going to stand against that because it's not right. It doesn't feel right in my gut. And he was a Marine. And the, my, my commanding officer said, there's going to be times where you're going to have to do a gut check. You're going to have to check in your heart and you say, is this right, what I'm doing here? And if it's not, you're going to have to stand. And sometimes you're going to have to go against the grain. And that's the righteous thing. And he said that, and he, he says, think about it, guys. Is this the kind of country 
that you want to give to your children? Is this the kind of land that you want to pass on to your kids? How are you going to explain this to your kids? He goes, why don't you guys just stand down? And then all of a sudden, one of them turned around and walked away, and the other one walked away. And after that, all of them cleared out. I never saw that happen, ever. Ever. It was awesome. This is the power of righteousness in light of something that is not right. This is what I believe the people who framed this government did. They stood up in the face of the most powerful government on the face of the earth, the British government at that time, and said, this is not right. We've been redressing, we've been petitioning, and there's tyranny, and they're not listening to us. And finally, we must do this. And they made our Declaration of Independence, and they made our Constitution, and they made our Bill of Rights. And the people in Europe, we just watched a series about this whole thing, and they're looking at America like, are you guys sure you can pull this off? And by the grace of God, we did as a country. And I believe it was framed by the eternal word of God, the wisdom and the fear of God that's contained in here. The French tried it, but it wasn't backed by morality. It wasn't backed by the morality of the Bible. And the United States says, we're not going to get involved with that. Our, our grievance was a different grievance than the French Revolution. The French Revolution was a bloody revolution, and it was, it was uh, a very um, secular in its form. Whereas in the United States, this form of government had the Bible and the righteousness of God's word as its backbone. And once again, I must reiterate that I'm not worshiping our country. I'm not worshiping our president. He's, failed. He's flawed just like I am, just like we all are. But part of our responsibility is to pray and uphold our government and to press in to what is right and a rule of law. And the law should apply to everyone across the board. It's an amazing thing to me how this supposed virus or this pandemic is seems like running on party lines. How in the democratic states it's it's a lockdown, everybody stay in their house. We're in, in Republican states, it looks like it's kind of opening up. And I pray to God that this is gonna go across and I and I laud our president with what he did. Because the highest law in the land is the Constitution. And if people are afraid and people are, are not uh, uh, comfortable with going out and, and going about in their business in society, they can stay home. They can stay home and they can take care. And, and I don't fault anybody for that. But the thing is, if we have, uh, have trust in God, we have faith in God, and we've prayed, and I believe that the prayers of the church that they were saying these numbers were going to spike up and these things went flatline. I believe it's because prayer. I believe that it was suppressed because that's what we said we were going to do. We said we were going to pray. And I pray and I we're going to pray that this they're talking about, oh, there's going to be a second wave. You know what? I cancel that in the name of Jesus. That they're not going to put that fear on the United States. They're not going to put that fear on the world because we see what they're doing. This is an attempt at what they call the New World Order. It's to squelch the church. It's to, it's to quench that light of the church. It's to stop the sound of praise going out and the prayers of the people. It's powerful when the people get together and pray. And I was listening to a program, and they said that there was a move within the church that said, this is enough. And the reason why we put up with this so long is because we're compassionate people and we care for people and we didn't want to infect people and we didn't want to press this thing or, or push this virus. But when it got to a point where we saw there's a political agenda attached to this, enough is enough.
And that's where we are. We have to have discernment. We have to know what is true, what is right. Amen. And that comes from a relationship with the Lord. I believe it gives us discernment. I believe that it gives us sight and vision. That they're not going to pull the wool over everybody's eyes here. God has promised his church that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. There's a scripture in Hebrews that says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, and so much more as we see that day approaching. We're seeing that day approaching. We're seeing the infrastructure of the New World Order. We're seeing the infrastructure of people who would want to chip and track and trace every person on the planet of the earth. And I, I just it makes me disgusted. When I read the Word of God and I see how David was guilty of having a census on his people, and God was so grieved at that that he caused a plague. He says, which one do you want? How many? What judgment? Do you want to be handed over to your enemies? Do you want this? He goes, Lord, I, I'll go into your hands because you're a merciful God. And God sent an angel and he killed thousands of the, the Israelites because of this wickedness that David did. And I don't even understand the full ramifications of that, but I know this much. God is against global government. It's not his will to have one central authority because there's no redress at that point. There's no place to appeal to at that point. And that, it says, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that's where it's headed towards. But as the church is here, we are the anti-corrupting influence in the world. We are the salt. We are the light. We have a voice. We need to speak up. We need to be brave. We need to be strong. We need to take a stand and not to just bow down and look to them and say, okay, is it, is it right for, for us to do this? These are our God-given rights. It wasn't given by the state. It cannot be taken away from the government. Now, we do this with the right attitude. You look at how uh, authority was addressed in the Bible. It was done respectfully. You look at Daniel in a foreign land. You look at Jesus, how he uh, appealed to authorities. We do it righteously, but if it's in accordance with the rule of law, we have God on our side. Amen. You feel it in your heart when you know it's right. You know when you're being a rebel, but you also know when it's right, when it's a righteous thing to stand up for what is true. Amen. Just like that Marine who stood in front of the Capitol. And I've never seen that before. Where the police got it. They heard it in their heart. And it gives me hope for America. When riot troops will stand down and say, Man, that's right. What kind of... What kind of um, country am I passing on to my kids? What kind of future am I passing on to my kids? If I just, during the, after World War II, the thing is, if, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. We have to learn history. They don't teach right history in school anymore. That's why somebody like Bernie Sanders can actually give a, a, a good run at president because they have not taught correctly in the schools the scourge of communism, a godless system that doesn't acknowledge God, that just takes from everybody and everybody's a surf under there and just get the crumbs. There's no way that a person like Bernie Sanders should have got that far if they were teaching our kids correctly at school. If we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. I know after World War II that when they brought the Nazis in at the Nuremberg trials, and the common line across all these people, the Gestapo, the SS, and the, the concentration camps, 
as they were bringing them on trial, these, these uh, murderers and these haters of humanity and God. And they asked them, why did you do it? And they said, I was just following rules. I was just following my orders. Do you think that's going to fly when we stand before God? I was just following the rules. I was just following the orders. God doesn't like cowards. Do you know in the book of Revelation, at the very last chapter, it says, Outside the gates of this city are the cowards and the dogs. They're a sign outside, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth in the darkness. God does not like cowards. You read the Bible, the people that are allotted David, who faced down a giant with a few stones. You look at Joshua as he was commissioned by Moses. And he says, Joshua, we're gonna, you're going to go into that land, and there's giants in that land, but I want you to walk the length and breadth of this land, and I want you to take it down. And he says, I want you to be strong, and I want you to be create, uh, courageous. And he said it four times to him. Be strong, be courageous, be strong, be very courageous, is what he told Joshua. We're walking into a time, I think unlike any other time on the planet Earth, it's a time for the church to shine. It's a time for the church to rise up, to be the people that we are. When it gets dark, you know, I've said this before at church, if I were to light a candle up here, it wouldn't do much. We're outside, it's bright, the sun's out, and it's nice and bright and shiny. But if it was at midnight, and we were in the middle of that building right now in the Highly Miley Scout Hall, and I lit a candle... It could light up that whole building. The Word of God says, or it says, let our light so shine before men that they would see our good works and give God the glory. That's the people that we're meant to be. I can hold my Bible straight here for a minute. This wind is blowing it around. I want to just read, I want to refer to the story in the book of Joshua, since I brought him up. This was after the death of Moses. I would, I would believe that the people were kind of, uh, just like when Jesus resurrected and he ascended up into heaven. But before he left, he told his, he told his people, he says, don't worry, I'm not leaving you orphans. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he ascends up. And I'm sure that they were kind of like feeling like, I do feel like an orphan. I do feel kind of vulnerable right now because Jesus isn't here. He was always there as our leader. He always knew what to do. He had the full empowerment of God in the flesh. And here we are where the children of Israel are on the border of the, the Jordan River. And God has commissioned them to go in and occupy this land. And before this, he says, uh, like I said, it says, be strong and be of good courage. This is first chapter, uh, first chapter, verse 6. Be strong and be of courage for this way that you may observe according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have I commanded you, be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord is with his church. He promised that to Peter. He says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. He's promised us success. It goes on, 
as he's commissioned these people to cross over the Jordan, and it's at its flood stage. It says that the water is flowing pretty feverishly at this time. And uh, this goes into um, chapter 3. It says, And Joshua rose early in the morning and set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. And it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests of the Levites bearing it, then it shall set out uh, from your, your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and, and about 2,000 cubits in measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Talk about social distancing. 2,000 cubits. But they haven't gone this way before. We're going to places where we have not gone before. We're going to have to trust the Lord. We're going to have to trust that if God was faithful to us in the past, then we're going to have to look down the line and say, I'm, I'm trusting that the Lord is going to be faithful in the future. Hallelujah. Amen. And he's got a good place for us to go. He's letting us cross over to another place. Right? And it says... Verse 6, And then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and uh, cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. And they may know that as, as, as I was with Moses, shall, so shall I be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So he's commissioning these priests, take the Ark of the Covenant, and I want you to go before the people. And when you come to the Ark, you come to the Jordan River, which overflows its banks on, on this time of year. So this thing is not just a little muddy river. This thing is raging. It's going. And so Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua saw, By this you shall know that the living God is amongst you, that he, meet, he will be without fail. Drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Perizzites, and the Gergeshites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. That's a lot of ites. <laughs> the coronavirusites. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests will bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordans, and the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The water shall come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. Can you imagine the Lord telling you that? Go down to the water that's raging, and as soon as your feet touch in the water, well, where's Moses, man? Where's his stick? Just hit the water. No, I want you to go down there with the Ark of the Covenant, and once your feet touch the water, the water's going to stand up in a heap. That's pretty amazing. And yet they did it. There's times where God is waiting for us to take an action, and then He reacts to our action. Amen? Amen. I believe that this day was a day like that. Because we proposed to do this service today. We said, you know what? Even though the government said, the, the authorities right now said no, we know there's a higher authority. There's a higher authority than that. The highest, the highest authority in our government is the Constitution. But the higher authority is that it's God who 
is it gave us these rights that are inalienable. And did you hear what our president said? He says, go ahead and meet as a church because I'll back you up. I'll back you up as a church. You guys meet. You have the right. And we didn't know that when we proposed to have this service today. There was an action that was taken and there was a reaction from God. Hallelujah. And we are those people. And we got to be strong and we've got to be courageous. We've been meeting. You know, been meeting with brothers Mika and, and uh, you know we've been praying and Dwayne and praying and we're, we're talking about this stuff and, and we're chomping at the bit and we're like man we want to do this but we want to do it right we want to do it we want to wait on God we want to do it but we want to wait on the right timing and I think this was the right timing amen as soon as their feet touch the water it says so it was verse 14 the people set out from the camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, their feet at the edge of the water. And the Jordan overflows its bank during this whole time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam and the city beside Zaratan. And the waters that went down into the Sea of Arabah and the Salt Sea failed and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite the Jericho. Soon as they took that step of faith, God stopped the waters and it, it started backing up upstream. Did you guys see that flood that took place in Michigan? It was amazing, amazing devastation. Can you imagine this river just flowing full blast and all of a sudden the Ark of the Covenant goes into the middle of the water and the water just stops right there and it's backing up, backing up, backing up. And all of a sudden the water is receding down the stream and there's nothing going on. Can you imagine the wonder of something like that? The amazing power of God. Verse 17, Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. God sometimes has us do crazy things. It don't make sense in the natural. You're not going to stop the water by just stepping into it. But yet here it is. It happened, right? It happened. What God told Joshua to do now. He says, I want you to take one man from every one of the 12 tribes and go down into the middle of that water and go grab a stone. And I try to put myself in that scene and say what it would have looked like. You would have said, you would have been looking around for the biggest, buffest guy over there. Go down there and go grab a stone for, for, uh, for uh, Judah. Go grab it. And so these guys are grabbing these boulders coming out like that and then drop it on the other side them up in a cairn or like a stack of rocks, 12 rocks coming up and he says, you know why we're doing this? We're doing this as a memorial to let anybody know who came to this river, we crossed over on this day, God did a miracle and these souls are from the middle of that Jordan River and they prove that God's word is true. We have a great heritage in this country. I heard this story, I heard it, and I, I, I researched it. You know, there wasn't only the Revolutionary War, but there was the War of 1812 where the British came back, and there were some issues that were going on where they were pirating our ships, and they were stealing our crews, and all this. So there was kind of a war that flared up again, and the British invaded the Washington. And they actually burned down the White House. Did you guys know that? 
They burned down the White House. But while they were occupying Washington, a storm came in. This lady came in and told the, the British troops, you better watch out because there's a storm coming. And this storm came through and it ripped that place apart. And the British says, we're out of here. And the people, the American people said, this was the providence of God to chase these people out of our capital city. There's miracles like that with George Washington, the providence of God that oversaw this fledgling nation, this as we were being birthed, and we're going to appeal. There's one of you were watching that uh, John Adams uh, series, and one of the flags that they would carry because they didn't have the United States flag. Each each con uh, colony had their own flag, and one of the flags that they held when they were trying to get together and craft the Constitution, and they needed they needed uh, unanimity with that. They wanted a hundred percent people going with this but one of the flags that they show in this series was called the appeal to God we're appealing to God for his righteousness it had a picture of a it looked like a, a cedar tree on there and it says an appeal to heaven we because of the roots that we have in this country we appeal to God today appeal to God not only for ourselves we appeal to God for our children we appeal to God for those who are stumbling into the darkness who have been blinded by the lies of the media the lies of the enemy the lies of the devil the lies of the entertainers that have just threw these, this garbage out there and we feed on it and our eyes get blinded over and we can't even see what's going on Lord we appeal to you to open up the eyes of the blind right now and please Lord that there would be a great awakening in this country there was two great awakenings we pray, Lord, for a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Next week is Pentecost, Lord God. And we pray that you would outpour your Spirit upon this country like we've never seen to harvest souls. That there would be a great harvest of souls in this hour. That we would pray, that we would take these things seriously. That we would take those religious liberties that we have that came from your hand seriously. Lord, help us to understand the hour in which we're living. We give you all the glory.